Amen. That was good singing. We're going to turn in God's Word tonight to Luke's Gospel. The Gospel according to Luke. We're going to read from the 23rd chapter. And we're just reading a short portion from that chapter. Luke 23, verse 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged reeled on him, that's on the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, If thy be Christ, if you're the Messiah, who you claim to be, that's what he's saying, if thy be Christ, Save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thy fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for he receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when I comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, today shalt thy be with me. In paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a, a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, and the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. Amen. We know that the Lord will add his blessing to this public reading of his own precious and inspired and infallible word. I'm continuing what we started this morning. Just a couple of messages entitled, Back. The basics. And I'm convinced, and I'm sure you are as well, beyond any doubt, that that is what we need personally and what we need collectively to get back to basics, back to those grand old truths. And to sound them forth and to see them in action before our very eyes. The Apostle Paul, when he was speaking to elders, elders from Ephesus, he said that he ceased not to warn them night and day with tears. 
and he talked to them about the nature of his preaching. And it was this. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God and faith toward or in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now they are the basic elements of the gospel. And the little passage that we read this evening brings before us an incident that shows us those very things. Repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. I want, therefore, then to consider the experience of the man that we would call the repentant thief. You will know that when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, there were two others, one on either side of him. One of them repented. And it's his experience I want us to learn from and highlight some great gospel truths in this incident. Now you'll notice, if you look at the passage, in the first place, this man was characterized by fear. You see, his fellow criminal, his colleague, if we could call him that, he began and continued to pour scorn on the Lord Jesus Christ. I think of that. That, that is astounding because here's a man on the verge of going out into eternity, on the verge of leaving this life and going out into the next life. And he has no time at all for the Lord. It says one of the malefactors which were hanged reeled on him, reeled on the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, If thy be Christ, if you're the Messiah, if you're the one you claim to be, save thyself and us. There are many people there are like that today. There's no fear. At least it seems that way. There's no fear of death. There's no thought of the afterlife. There's no consideration for the needs of their souls. And what a terrible state this man was in. Not long to live. Going to die. It was so obvious. Blatantly obvious. That he was soon to leave this life. And yet he has absolutely no time for the Lord. But look at what it says. It says, but the other answering rebuked him saying, Dost not thy thy. 
fear God? Dost not thy fear God? These are the words of a man who was gripped by fear. Now, initially, and we read this from the parallel passages of the other Gospels, initially, both these men, the two of them, poured scorn on the Lord Jesus Christ. They had no time. Both of them had no time for the Lord. But something was happening at the heart of one of them. Something was taking place in the heart and in the mind of one of those men who had spent a a, a long part of his life in prison. He began to realize he was answerable to God. He began to realize that he was going to leave this life forever, never to return again. His seat would be empty, and his place in this life would know him no more hereafter, forever. My men and women, if you're planning going somewhere, If you're going abroad even, you'll take great care to make your plans. You'll take great care to get the details right. But all men are fellow travelers to eternity. And it's absolutely without doubt That we're all headed that way. We must all needs die. The Bible tells us in another place. And are as water spilt on the ground which cannot be gathered up again. And would it not be the better part of wisdom to see to those matters that relate to the soul? To see to those matters that relate to our eternal and spiritual well-being. Well, here's a man who began to do that. At the outset, he had no time for the Lord, but it began to dawn upon him that he's going to leave this life soon. Now, that could be you. That could be me. You and I have no monopoly on life and and who knows, who knows but this day could be your very last day in this life. Who knows whether you you and I will see the light of another day. This man realized that he was characterized by fear. But something else about him, and, and, and this is important, it's very, very important. 
he recognized his folly. He recognized his folly. You see, there are fearful people that die and go to hell. The book of Revelation tells us that in the lake of fire there are the fearful and the unbelieving. But this man was not just characterized by fear. Something deeper was happening. Something happening in his heart. Something happening in the depths of his soul. We talked this morning about that work being wrought by the Holy Spirit. And it's not in man of himself to think of these things and to turn of his own volition to the Lord. So we can deduce from the teaching of Scripture generally, and this man's experience in particular, the Holy Spirit was working. There was some measure of conviction of sin. Look at what it says. The other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thy fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation. Verse 41, And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. We don't know how long this man was serving his prison sentence, but he was a notable prisoner. And he was taken out to be crucified at the same time as the Lord Jesus Christ was being crucified. That was the way of capital punishment that the Romans administered. They weren't a friendly lot, to say the least. But if you didn't toe the line, and one of the, one of the purposes of crucifixion in a public place was saying to other people, take heed, take heed. This could happen to you. This could be your experience if you don't toe the line. And what a terrible, excruciatingly painful death crucifixion was. And these tough, uncompromising Roman soldiers knew hard to administer pain that would be really painful indeed. And this man, he, he began to realize that not only was he paying the penalty as far as society was concerned, but he was receiving the due reward of his deeds as far as his sin was concerned. And he recognizes that. Dost not thy fear God? That was uppermost in his mind. We're going to meet our maker. We're going out into eternity. Is there no fear in your heart? And of course, by asking that question, uh, we surmise, and rightly so, that this man was fearful. This man was struggling, even 
in this latest hour. Does not show you the mercy of the Lord. Do you recognize where you stand before God? How is it with you in the sight of the Lord? The great message, the great question, the great inquiry of the gospel is, are you right with God? And are you ready for heaven? That's what this man was deliberating upon. That's what was uppermost in his mind. How is it with you tonight? It's not whether you're living a good life or indeed a happy life or whether you're uh, had in reputation by your peers or, or, or you're respected by your neighbors. They're all fine and good in their place. But the great question is this. How do you stand before the Lord? How is it with your soul in that respect? You know, there's a great poem and it runs this way. To lose your wealth as much. To lose your health is more. But to lose your soul, to lose your soul is such a loss as no one, no one, no one can restore. That's what's at stake tonight. The eternal well-being of your immortal soul. Here's a man who realized that. He was characterized by fear. He recognized his sinfulness before the Lord. He recognized his folly. But then I want you to notice, quite simply, he exercised his faith. What did this man do in this terrible situation that he was in? He knows in his own heart he's condemned because of the life he lived. He's on the verge of eternity. What could he do? Could he begin to amend his ways? Not a bit of it. He was nailed to a cross. His life was soon coming to an end. Could he begin to go to church? Not a bit of it. He was nailed to a cross. Could he be baptized? Could he be catechized? Could he be, as some people call it, confirmed? Not a bit of it. He was nailed to a cross. He could do absolutely nothing in that regard. What could he do? What did he do? What did we sing this morning? about the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. I know not how the Spirit moves, convincing men of sin, and that's what he was doing here. But it goes on to say, 
revealing Jesus through the Word and creating faith in Him. And here is a man confronted by the great issues of eternity. And he turns to the Lord. He simply calls upon the Lord. Lord, remember me when thy comest into thy kingdom. And what does the Bible say in another place? Whosoever. And this man was among the whosoever. Oh, he was disowned and and disregarded by many. He was a, a criminal. But he calls upon the Lord in simple faith. Notice what he said. Now he recognizes something special. Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. Listen to this. Verse 41. But this man, he knew something of the Lord, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He recognizes that the one on the center cross is there for some special purpose. And he recognizes his deity because he calls him Lord. Lord, remember me. And it seems that in some measure this man as his life was ebbing away from him, he, he, he sees uh, uh, the special design of God in his son dying on the cross. And man, that's what the gospel is all about. Yes, we need to make it known that men are sinners before God, they're guilty before God. They need to turn from their sin. They need to repent as this man did, but they also need to see that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross was for them. Now this man doesn't start praying even about his family. He doesn't start praying about his friends. doesn't start praying about his neighbors, you wouldn't expect him to anyway in, in these circumstances, but he knows his own need. He recognizes his own folly. He says, Lord, remember me. Remember me. And men and women, the answer is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. The answer for the happiness of men in this life and certainly in the next is to be found only, only in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, he exercised faith. 
And then the last thing you'll see about this man was this. He was assured of his future. Notice what it says. If you look at verse 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when I comest into thy kingdom. Look at verse 43. And Jesus said unto him. Now you could pass those words and they might mean nothing much to you. But here's a man who lived his life in godlessness. Here's a man who up until a short while before was a Christ rejecter. But here he is now calling upon the Lord. Does the Lord respond by saying, huh, you're looking for me to help you now. You're looking for me to do something for you now. Does the Lord say that? Not a bit. It says, Jesus said unto him, Truly, verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Look at the word today. This man hadn't a very bright future in front of him when he was brought out of prison. This man could see nothing good ahead of him that day for he was going to be crucified and he knew he was. But here the Lord steps in and he gives hope to the hopeless. He says today Something's going to happen to you today. For all that you have feared, for all that has made you concerned about this very day, there's going to be something glorious happen. Today, thou shalt be with me. Now we, we can think about what paradise refers to. To all intents and purposes, it refers to heaven, but leave that aside. What did the Lord say? You'll be with me. You'll be with me. And men, as the old hymn puts it, where Jesus is, tis heaven there. There's lots of things we don't know about eternity. We go by watches, we go by time, we go by seasons, we go by health and strength and everything else. But none of those things come into play in eternity. There's so, so much we don't know about what lies beyond the grave. But we know that if you're saved, that if you're right with God, and that if you're ready for heaven, when you breathe your last breath in this life, as breathe it, you will, as breathe it, I will, we go to be with him. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. 
The Apostle Paul, in another part of the Bible, says that he had a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. We cannot, no matter how well we could speak, we, we, we cannot enumerate all those many, many blessings that lie ahead of those who go out into eternity with Christ in their hearts. But Paul says this, he had a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, infinitely better. Even the best times in this life will peel into utter and complete insignificance in fact, Paul said in another place that the, 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 the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that lies before us. We quoted a text this morning, often quoted about heaven. I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him. And David in the 16th Psalm, this is the Old Testament, David. This is what he knew. This is what he said. In thy presence, talking about being with the Lord, in thy presence there is fullness of joy. We can't begin to describe it. It's, it's in its fullness, a joy that we can never experience in this life, there's fullness of joy. And there are pleasures, pleasures forevermore. Unending pleasure, unbounded joy, forever and ever and ever in the presence of the Lord. We need to let people know about sin and how they stand before God in their sin. We need to let people know they need to repent and be converted. We need to let people know about the sacrifice of Christ on their behalf. We need to let people know about heaven and hell. And eternity. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Let's have a word of prayer. Our God and our Father in heaven. We thank thee for thy word. We praise you, Lord, for its simplicity. It's been an uncomplicated word. Lord, we thank thee that the gospel is so simple that a wavering man, though a fool, should not err therein. Oh, we pray, Lord, that you'll write that word 
upon every heart tonight. Make us to be men and women who know the Lord, who are strong, and who do exploits. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.